0: It's Monday. It's just after 7 o'clock. And that means it's audio podcast time!
1: Hooray. Audio
2: podcast time! Um, um,
1: it's the 9th of January. It's a new year and a new season. Show 41. Show 41. A uh, new year and a new season. I'm Samuel. Prime number
2: show. That's important. <laughs> I'm Scott Hewitt. That's Sam Freeman. I'm Scott I'm Scott McLaughlin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's ice. Well, Okay, we're on a bit of a time delay apparently, but I'm sure we'll cope. Um, so let's get
0: straight into the news for this know. year. The,
1: the first news item this year is from last year. It could have been in the last show last year, It was, but we missed it, and it was too good to miss. It. It's a sound library. It's the Springs Sound Library from Hiss and Raw. It's good fun. There's a 20-odd cool. tw- minute SoundCloud example file that you can play through, which... I had running at the same time as my son was playing Lego Star Wars on the um, computer today, and some of the spring noises and some of the laser fire very similar. Very cool. Can I can I ask you what what sort of sounds are in this then? Well, they've gone. F- they've there's everything from trampoline springs to spring reverb t- to other types of springs being hit and twanged and bowed, and yeah, I don't have it up on my screen. Yes, I do. Hey, I, I do have it.
0: So. I could say more. They yeah, let's see. more. I—I I, for the people who are wondering, I—I have—I just can't get the internet to work. <sighs> my Wi-Fi doesn't. Yeah, my browser's knackered. So I'm going to do this without any notes at all. It's going to be awesome for
1: me. Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> mm. And yeah. don't forget the slinky. They've got—they've got a slinky in a there. Slin-
0: oh, a slinky's going to be ace. That's going to be cool. thing. Now, is—is is this contact mic or is it kind of you know?
1: It's a mix. So things have been um, recorded. Via close miking and contact mics, and a lot I think a, few, a lot of stuff, a lot of photographs that they're in studios and things. So it's, very cool. Yeah. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> oh, Excuse me. Hey, 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 Shall we move on? Shall we? Shall we get into the new year? That was the last story from last year, kind of sneaking in here. Oh, I just see. Because, just, just, cause, yeah. Because we like sound libraries. Isn't well, there were there were
0: two weeks of the year almost after we finished, there, they were there? Right? were. I think
1: I looked at the dates, and did, I think this was released the day before we did the show or something. Yeah. Oh, it. so oh, ah, it was no.
0: very <coughs> of us, then <sudden>. that's very <coughs> So this next one here is from uh, Duke University, and what what they got here is a list of things that would have been released this year into the public domain before the uh, public domain kind of was. The, the time limits were altered again in 1976.
1: So it's Duke University Center for the Study of the Public Domain. And yeah, as you say, the anything that was made in 1955 under the laws that existed until 1978 would have become public domain now. But as it is, they were not for over be. 50 years at least. So, um, and what kind of stuff's in there? Because there's actually some big
0: stuff, isn't there? If I remember correctly, uh, it isn't the final part of The Lord of the Rings due to come, was due yep. to come out.
1: Yep, the last book of that, which means that all the other ones would have been as well since they were released prior to that. Wow, that, so, that would
0: have made uh, making a movie a bit more.
1: Uh, and let's right. not forget
2: that uh, Walt Disney's Lady and the Tramp was in there. Oh, the, yeah. These copyright extension laws have often been referred to as Mickey Mouse laws because they're generally... Walt Disney is half behind them, desperately trying to keep their main selling things under copyright. Yeah, yeah. True
1: whereas eighty-five percent of copyright owners didn't re- didn't renew their thing after twenty years. So under the original laws that we were existent at some point, you had twenty years to exploit it before it became public domain. But you could renew that for an extra twenty because most stuff, once you've made it, you can only make money for it from a short time, and then it's old and people don't want to pay. Yeah. but apparently the economy didn't quite work out the way they thought it was going to, and they've shaped it this way instead. Fine. <laughs> and any...
0: What other stuff's in, inside there as well? I remember there was some other kind of kind of fun stuff in
1: there. Um, Rebel Without a Course. Yeah,
2: Oklahoma, is? Guys and Dolls, Richard III, the film version. The film version. was the old Laurence Olivier one. Unchained Melody, Blue Suede Shoes, Folsom Frozen Blues.
0: Oh, wow, there's loads of stuff, isn't it? Can you imagine what... Imagine how... With, like, the kind of remix world that exists now, imagine if it was, like, truly kind of embraced what sort of stuff we'd be able to make and things like that. Yep. Be really exciting. You could almost imagine this kind of, like, people have remix parties on the first of the year where they kind of, you know, get their, <laughs> get the classic they've always wanted to remix and, you know, start start doing it or something like that. Yep. It'd, be, it'd be exciting, wouldn't it? I bet that would have a real kind of surge of sales for people wanting a high-quality version that they were allowed to remix with.
1: Except that because it's public domain... This is why the, the person who's made it in 1955 would say, yeah, but anybody could then sell it and make money because it's public domain, you know, and it could be legitimately.
0: I guess so, but, I, you know, I mean, you're not... I, I think even if you're not paying for the material you're selling, you're still going to struggle to make a profit selling DVDs on the high street.
1: Yeah. That's true.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's my... That's my I, I think
2: the there. larger point here is that you know, diminishing public domain means diminishing everything for everybody except for the few people in the middle holding on to the pennies. It's it's just sad to see. I'm sad.
1: Shall we move on to some people that are giving stuff away at the moment? Yeah, let's go for it. So there's another remix competition. This one's from Lamb, the band Lamb. They've put up stems for for the butterfly effect from their album 5. And so you can download stems from SoundCloud and remix them and send them back and the... I forget their names now. The people from Lamb will choose the ones they like best to appear on one of their EPs or something or other. And you win a couple. I have to of- say, this makes me
2: very happy. I'm a huge Lamb fan.
1: Exactly. I mean, this kind of thing is obviously just so that people talk about the fact that Lamb have a new album, which otherwise I wouldn't know. Um, sure. You know, fi- fine. It's, it's good stuff. And I've had to listen to a couple of the stems and, just, yeah, it's a good track. Some stuff to do there. And they're um, on the side of this. They're also advertising the um, Melodyne. You can they're suggesting that you can use that to remix it because you can download it and use it for a month on the trial, and the winner gets a copy of that, I think.
2: That sounds pretty it. cool all in
0: all. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great that, that sounds like a really interesting competition. I like, it. I like it, that's cool. And that's a great way of promoting, isn't it, as well. Like, you know, this is a new album, here it is.
1: And it's a great way of giving of like disseminate music at all. I mean, yeah, here's a mix. We've spent hours on it. It's really good. It'll sound good on your iPod or on your stereo or in your car and all that kind of stuff. But hang on. Maybe you want to... By giving people the opportunity to remix things, then people can get more out of it, perhaps. I don't know. It's certainly the way I prefer to listen to things.
0: Yeah, that's
2: very cool. Okay. I'm flipping it back just to what you said a minute ago. Wouldn't it be interesting if everybody did this?
1: So. The, <laughs> sorry, we're all Yep. Yeah, okay. The the only problem with that would be standardization of format. You know, what in what format are these things going to be released in a way that's useful because having stems of things is great and you can import and do whatever you want with them. But if you had a situation where there's lots of people releasing stuff in a way that can be manipulated in a remix style or even just filtering. I'm still waiting to see where the problem arises. I guess there is no problem if it's if, if it's just raw if everyone's just giving away raw audio like this then that's fine but
2: yeah if people are putting up logic files and things that could be a little bit weird but no just putting up stems I think is, is could be really good oh, no, I think you but want to anyway, the full I'm, thing I'm totally, I, think,
0: I, think. I, I think the full mix plus the stem you want you you know the full mix including the stems and that'd be really exciting having a transportable door format. That people can have a look in there and really get a full kind of comprehension of what the internal, you know, what, what's happening internally there. That'd be a really exciting educational tool. It would help to raise the quality of everything. Uh, That's it.
1: yeah, so if you had, like, essentially the finished mix to listen to, but then you can take it from that point and change it, mute things, cut things out, change the levels, for personal preference, without having to start from the ground up. I mean, it's not exactly the ground up with the stems, but.
2: You have to wonder as well if it would have an effect on, on mixing skills overall. Because, I mean, as it is, mixing is kind of a, a dark art almost. Well, Mastering is a dark art, but mixing, there are some books you can get on it, there are some magazine articles, but it's really an experience-based thing. You, you do it and you figure out how. But imagine if lots and lots of mixes were floating around of seeing how people mix and the techniques they use and that, that you could just go in and experience them from yourself. I think that would have quite a radical effect on mixing as a, as a skill being picked up by people.
1: And it encourages active listening as well. Instead of Not just having something on it and it happening, which is perfectly fine there's time and space for that, but to sit down and say, right, I'm now listening to this music and that is what I'm doing. And to have that concentration which you're perhaps more likely to keep if you're able to interact with it, rather than being a passive observer, even if you're actively listening to a fixed recording it's still... Yeah, fun. absolutely.
0: It'd be interesting, I, w- I wonder what sort of Sale opportunity that would be for people to kind of distribute templates of, like you know, of of plugin settings, all all kind of set up. So it's like you want your band to sound like X, then you you buy the kind you know. Mm. you get the file, and then you just kind of record your band in on the appropriate tracks, and they come out sounding like X. Okay. That'd be kind of
2: fun. That sounds horrible, but unfortunately, it's it's inevitably what would what this would lead towards. very uh...
0: Okay. Shall we move on? Shall we, shall we keep on yep. plodding
1: on to our next item? So our next item is... Oh, how are we going to say this? Mojis? Mojis? M-O-G-W-E-S. Um, well, if people want to know how to say it, they can go to wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk where the show notes are, and they can um, find this, Show 41, and decide for themselves how it's said. That's what you, So this is, this is really exciting, isn't it? Because basically
0: they're using putting contact microphones on surfaces and using them to do kind of gesture recognition.
1: So, yeah, so it appears to be a mono audio input from a contact mic stuck to something. You then interact with that something, whether it's a piece of glass or wood, and then through audio analysis of that contact mic input, they can tell a certain number of gestures you're doing, so it can recognize taps, scrapes, or different types of scrapes, and then... Not instead, of, as well as telling different type, it appears to be able to scale it. So, it, you know, and then spitting all that out via Max MSP and some objects that have been made in AirCam, I think. Yeah. And then, yeah, <clears> plugging that. And then and there's, a, there's an example video of this being plugged then into physical modeling simps and stuff. And it's pretty good, but yeah, it's giving, creating touch, multi touch surfaces out of a con- basically just with a contact mic. and it does
2: it seems like the way forward it's it's really got a lot of you know there's been several projects kind of moving towards this over the last few years and it's it'll be interesting to see now that someone's done it where it can go from here of course the big question is if it's coming out of your cam, i i haven't read fully into the article but how much of this is going to go open source or how much of the how much of the stuff underneath this is going to be available to people
1: i did subscribe to the beta mailing list for the objects in question um, I haven't received anything through that yet in the past few days, so I don't know. But there is a data mailing list for it. There him, is, maybe. so it's, yep, yeah, it's, it is a good question.
2: Of course, the other point about it is that the fact that it's out there at all will make people think, oh, I could do that, or I could figure out a way to do that. Just, it's still great that someone is doing this, and other people will figure out other ways to get it going.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's a great enabling technology in it. The simplicity of what it is is quite exciting as well, actually, isn't it? Yep. You yeah. You can imagine, like, you could probably, I, I don't know how far it escalates, but you could imagine, like, this. there could be a, a lot of size depending on the right sort of materials, and you might lose sensitivity, but you could have a massive object that mm-hmm. you can interact with with <laughs> lots of people on it, and, you know, that sort of stuff could be really, really cool and exciting as well.
2: Buildings. Building,
0: yeah, you know, that'd be pretty exciting. Giant
2: hamster balls. <laughs> so I'm talking about the ones that you go into and roll around in, not anything else.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool.
2: Um, the, Yep.
0: Okay. Let's keep moving. Yep. I'm going to keep moving. I have my eye on... Uh, as uh, my internet isn't working, all I can do is watch the clock, so... Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Time moving.
1: Let's check, what did we put this in as? Yep, this is Max VPD Flame. The PD, PD community got a bit upset this week when a... I think more than the PD community got upset. The Super Collider community got upset as oh, well. Oh, they did, okay. So... Um, People using open source software got a bit upset when a call went out for works that explicitly said you must use Max MSP or Chyma for the signal processing in your proposed works. And they explicitly said Super Collider and PD patches will not be accepted.
0: Wow. Now, for a bit of balance here, I think we should, uh, for somebody who has a working internet connection, we, we should um, just... We, we should say what the call actually is because true, if yeah. you are a Max MSP person, then this is a genuine opportunity. So,
1: okay, so this is the the requirements are as follows. There are five points, and number three is the one that people kicked off. With. So, I might stop at number three. Um, well, I think I think point one makes the point As far as I'm concerned, so number one. Well, but what is it? What is the call?
0: What, oh, what is what's the call for? Okay, shall I read the whole call? What is no. the call for? <sighs> no, don't read it all. Just the very brief. This very is, brief. Okay,
1: this is a call for Sonic Screens. Um, the USO project, and they want electroacoustic works for live instruments and electronics.
0: Okay, that's awesome stuff. So okay. it's a call for stuff, and if you, and if you happen to meet the criteria, which is it has to be done in Max, or kind well, of, is, then you can. Okay. Then this is a call you can respond to. I'm just wanting to be balanced. Yes.
1: Okay. Fine. Okay.
0: Um, so having reported about this call. Which isn't very interesting, because it's, well, it, it's obviously an interesting call, but as far as we're concerned, as show content, it's not very interesting. Let's get on to the interesting part of it, which is says that you can't use PD. And the PD, and you can't use Super Collider, you've got to use Max. All but it,
1: number one, says the piece must be composed for violin and cello as a duo. Scores for solo violin or cello will not be taken into account. So straight away, they they know what they want. They want a specific thing for a particular performance. They've got people to play instruments, like... I might make me, maybe I'd get upset and say, "Well, can't I write for viola and cello?" You know, I think no. You don't see people getting upset about that kind of thing. Anyway, point two: they oh. want the score in PDF. No problem. Um, oh, it must be traditional graphic. Yeah,
0: well, that's <laughs> very flippant of you there, Sam. Saying PDF isn't, it? you know, it's is that
1: is that not open? I suppose that's not open source either, is it? Well, is it, it's it's fairly. Yeah.
0: It's, it's an Adobe product, isn't it? With PDF. But anyway, just carry on. <laughs> you uh,
1: Okay, number three. The electronic processing must be developed and implemented using Max MSP or Kyma. Is that how you pronounce that? K-Y-M-A? No, let's just do it that way. The multi-channel format for the spatial diffusion must be up to 6.0. 2.0 and 4.0 works are still eligible. There you go. That's my thing.
0: Okay. And that's what people are upset about. Yeah, it has to be done in Max.
1: Or Kyma. Or Kyma. That it has to be done Uh, with proprietary software is is what I... (coughs) If you Google PD list and go through <laughs> and find their archive, you can see what people have been saying. And I think it was also discussed on other lists and places elsewhere.
0: I, it. I think, you know, I'd, I'd, well, 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 let's try and be mature about this <laughs> momentarily. <laughs> but why, why would, I, I wonder, I guess it's from a simplification point of view, isn't it? Like the people who are going to handle the call responses obviously ha- feel they have a technical expertise in these areas and they want a response back that match up against those technical that technical yeah that makes perfect sense and and that's the reason why these kind of things happen i've been involved in calls where it's like you know we're happy to take responses in a certain random mix of things and the reason for that certain random mix of things is because it matches up against the skills of the people who are receiving this stuff and that makes you know that kind of makes sense at the same point i think you have to the thing that concerns me about these kind of things is when you when you go down the route of it has to be delivered in proprietary proprietary software, you're immediately excluding the whole a whole load of people from possibly being involved. Because uh, to, to illustrate what I mean by that, if I was to say to you it has to be done in PD, then you might be a max programmer, but you could go download PD, play around with PD, learn PD, and then deliver something in PD if you wanted to. And there is no financial cost to you doing that, and you would have the ability to program in PD at the end of it. Whereas with this kind of way around, if I was to say you have to do it in Max, then people are objecting to the fact they'd have to go out and buy a copy of Max. So in natural fact, you could use the trial version of Max yeah. for 30 days, and that would do it once, wouldn't it? So.
1: Yeah.
2: Scott, I, I agree with you that the, the, there is a principle at stake. Uh, I, I think everything you said there is completely correct. Uh, ultimately, though, with a small little competition like this, it seems you know, if that's what they want, that's what they want. It's it, it seems not childish is not the word I want to use, but over the top for a community to to go up in arms about that. But then again, I haven't read the original planes, so I don't know if it was a community up in arms or just one or two people who were a bit hacked off.
1: I think that we've been portraying it as this kind of I think it was moderately aggravated, but. Still quite level-headed. They didn't. I've, I haven't read the whole thing while yeah. we're through, but people were taking it personally, but they weren't. Good. No one was going over the top.
0: Oh no, I, I think you know. In, in terms of our service to the people who enjoy our show, this is more of a, if you want some amusement, then it is amusing. Some public archives right. that are worth reading, and there's some great remarks. I think there, there's one comment where they talk about why I can't we use our instruments. There's the other one which suggests the use of the Pd tilde object in Max.
1: Yeah, Miller Puckett suggested why don't you just use Max with the
0: tilde I think that's interesting what, what actually does intrigue me I, I just even think about this is but when they say they want it in max do they want it in a vanilla max or are you allowed to use external objects I'm saying that could be a
2: I guess uh, without knowing their reasons who knows but I think your original supposition was probably most correct that it's just that it's what they know so if you send them something with a library they're not used to at least they can probably go out and get it and install it whereas if you send them a PD patch they're just they're not willing to put into the the time required but you know we're putting words in their mouth
0: we are indeed well i I think to to make sure we have our balance correct if you're a if you're a max or timer programmer this is an opportunity and if you're not it isn't an opportunity (laughs) and that that feels to me like it's going to be a good a good balance there nor if
2: you're a piano composer
0: yeah yeah. if you're if you're a composer for piano this is not a call for you
1: (laughs) 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 awesome stuff cool uh, shall we move on? Yeah, we've got a couple of new pieces of hardware this week. I mean, there's probably loads, but there's two that we're going to mention. Fair enough. So the first one is the Akai MPC Renaissance Music Production Controller. Woo. Um, awesome. It, yeah, it looks pretty good. It's, so, it's taking the traditional MPC interface, which has...
0: Oh, well, a whole load of rotary encoders, a whole load of pads in the middle. Yep. I've, I've, this web page just this where patients work. Yep. Hey,
1: <laughs> and it has multiple MIDI in/out connections, which I thought was pretty good. And it also functions as a USB audio interface. Yeah. So, yeah, nice. So it's a cool product. and this
0: is I, I noticed here that this is part of that This is the kind of pre-launching of the Nam stuff, which is obviously in the nineteenth for this yes. month. Which is which is pretty cool. What this is like the first of the kind of pre-launches, so we're going to see a whole load of new kit turn up in the next couple of weeks.
1: Definitely so. It's going to be
0: awesome stuff, isn't it? It's pretty cool. That that's a pretty cool use of interfaces, isn't it? And okay, I'm saying you, all their stuff still works, doesn't it? I think I got like a drum machine they did, and it's been like battered to pieces, and it still works.
1: Well, it's it, a MIDI gear. I mean, yeah, I've got numerous pieces of MIDI gear hanging around, and although you know you can throughput things and you can network things, if you had not Unit like this, which I haven't seen the picture of the back, but it definitely says it has two MIDI inputs and four MIDI outputs. So you could have a drum machine, a synth, something else, and something else connected to this directly with MIDI cables and control it all. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. uh, Yeah. As far as hardware goes. Yeah. And it comes with its own software, which I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Is that a good or a bad thing? I don't know. But I suppose that it probably It's like all these
0: things though, isn't it? I've 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 got loads of bits of like hardware which had software which did things in them and the vast majority of them have found their long lev- long longevity has basically been on the fact that they spit out MIDI and I can put it into something else and do something else with it. Mm-hmm. And I always think that as long as you you know, with these kind of products, if you buy them with that in mind, it's a you're gonna buy a control surface and if you can get the control service out into something else, then as long as the the software, the included code inside it, or whatever it does something you want it to do at the moment, then you've always got a piece of hardware which is potentially useful for some other functionality later on. Yeah, and it's you know we, so in the ultimate of that is your the the old keyboards. Like, our, mm-hmm. like variety of old second-hand keyboards, but that's I and mean, we're not talking about that this week, are we? Um,
1: no, we're not talking about that. We talk about we're, oh, we're, yeah, we're yeah, that. Oh, yeah, We'll say that. <But laughs> um, I, I think that's an interesting, you know, nice kind of option. You
0: That's cool, and it's nice to see this kind of like retro-inspired hardware kind of. I think
1: it's cool. I think the software, because the software is going to be, you're going to be able to edit and create arrangements of MIDI data on the, um, in the software, and you know use the computer to it. But then you'll be able to run that in the hardware without your laptop attached, so you've got completely computerless. The MPC is your sequencer which you can then use in performance situation. I don't know. I like that idea. I'm, I'm a big fan of switching off the computer.
0: I, I kind of understand why you like that idea. At the same point, every time I've tried to work with like a piece of hardware like this, it's always just been a nightmare. It's like, I want to do this, I want to do this, and yeah. All those kind of transferable, and this is how computer work skills kind of fall away, don't they? And you're like, how do I copy this to this? And it takes like, yeah, it just infuriates me. I'm sorry. I like my computers. Yep, oh. mine's misbehaving right now, but I still like it.
1: So good... Oh, mine! I'm my, sitting
2: my... on
0: the fence with this one. <laughs> no opinion out there, that's cool. Okay, Let, um, let's go And We got another new piece of hardware. So Moog have um have, have the new Minotaur, which is another an, another one of their hardware synths. Yep, yeah. I'm working off memory here again. I, oh, okay. I, already, I only got one page to work.
1: Uh, so yes, the Minotaur is an analog-based synthesizer. Um, I haven't heard it, I don't know much about it. It's new, it's got knobs. I'm sure it's good. It has loads of outputs <laughs> on the back. It has loads of <laughs> connectivity on the back, actually
0: it's like eight quarter inch outs or something like that. And a USB connector. Hey, that's not bad for memory, is it,
1: it? does. So, okay, I, I'll talk through the back. So from right to left, um, it's got 12 volt DC in, USB MIDI, um, MIDI in, on five pinned in, and then it's got controller input for gate, volume, CV, filter. Pitch CV. Sorry, i my really bad microphone technique today, everybody. Just, um, and then audio in out. Yeah, went out. I think the microphone
0: technique is the real problem with that. Uh, with that listing of connectors on the back of a random product.
1: <laughs> well, okay. I I could defend that, but I'm not going to.
0: You're not going to defend that, are you? Not for those people incapable of finding it online. That I was grateful because I can't detail that like, I'm sorry. I just I don't have anything helpful to say, and it just struck me as hysterically funny. <laughs> Oh uh, yes. How does it describe what a piece of gear does? What, what ins and outs does it? Well, you read the ins and out. That's very true. So that's a cool new piece of kit, though, and you can actually go check it out. I'm saying it's fine. We're like those Moog, Moog stuff always looks awesome. It's always built really well. It's usually quite pricey, isn't it? As well?
1: it is, this is but same. then it
0: sounds great, so you pay for what you get. Yeah, and it's likely yeah. to last
1: forever. But I think that's probably the idea going on there.
0: Yeah. Oh, isn't it? Do you remember? Do you remember when all like hardware was built out of proper pieces of metal and it didn't have plastic covers and stuff like that? I still have quite a few of them. Yeah. I do too. I have like a Kenton Fat Boy MIDI controller, which was an original one of those, and it works. It works fine. i you could probably, you know, use it to jack a car up, I think, or something like that, if you wanted to. It's indestructible. That's I stuff. refer
2: you back to my Stompbox collection. Those metal, in you know, a my Marshall Governor pedal. That's pretty much indestructible. You mm-hmm. could brick about that, and it would still be fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, that kit, that kit was made to last, wasn't it? It's a good kit. Okay, let's let's move on. So, uh, happy birthday, David Bowie. Yep, that's that's it. I thought I that in
1: there. Notice it somewhere online. That that's today. So, happy birthday, David Bowie.
0: There we go. Cool. And then move on again. So, um, yeah, well <laughs> so the M Four U convention. We've been talking about the M Four U convention for a couple of weeks. We are going to be there in person on Friday and Saturday this coming week in that's Leicester, UK, the, the, the Max Phoenix for Users centre. Convention.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's so. After just uh, Friday. <laughs> So, so
0: after just kind of you know discussing Max VPD, we're going to go see the Max people.
1: So but we've been invited. so We're going to be there, rec- re- like recording audio, putting yeah. a show together, and
0: that's cool. As Gorelli's going to be there, he's talking, so we might have some little snippets from him as well. It'd be fun. We're playing a couple of games. We should tell people what we're going to do. So you should come see us. We're going to be in the Science Fair setup the whole time it's running through, um, and we're going to be playing Max Charades.
1: Yep. Which we're going to put online after we play there. So, so it's a, yeah, There's a we've made a max patch, which kind of goes through the game, keeps high scores, all that kind of thing. So That's cool.
0: Ma- so if you're pretty solid at charades and you want to come and play charades using about max objects, then we welcome your challenge.
1: Um, we haven't quite worked out how this is going to work into the audio podcast part because charades being a silent bodily moving around kind of a game. I think we're going to have to I'll, do I'll describe commentary. people's entries. I'll yeah. do the commentary. I'll do the so, commentary. We're th- so there'll be commentary of... Gesticulations while people try and act out objects, and people guess what that max object is. It's gonna be pretty cool. Single rate charades versus uh, audio rate charades. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah,
2: that
1: that could be fun. So,
0: we definitely welcome that. um, we're going to have a, well, we're going to bring some of our own, we're going to bring some, we're going to dress up as Max Objects as well, aren't we? So
1: well, it's a convention, you know, like if if this was a Star Trek convention, you'd expect Klingons, so that's,
0: <laughs> we're going to be there as Max Objects, which would be fun. We're going to record a show live on, almost certainly on the Saturday, we haven't confirmed exactly when we're going to do it, but we'll we're, we're have some flyers out, so you can come and enjoy a show live and take part, whereas in this context, we can stop you from aggravating us if we want to, but in person, we won't be able to suppress your anger. Over issues, so feel free to come in and uh, complain. Yeah, things. we'll That'll have
1: microphones live. So, yeah.
0: yeah, we're not going to stream it though, so we will be edit able to edit you out. That's so true. we won't be able to stop your in person <laughs> stuff like that. So, if, yeah, I'm saying, that, hey, that, hey, let's, yeah. So if you're a PD user and you want to come and voice your concerns in the Max convention, this would be fun. <laughs> That'd be, that's a great choice. <laughs> I
2: like that. I might just dress up as the PD-tilde object. Yeah. Oh,
1: fantastic. <laughs>
0: yeah, maybe we should have, like, two-part uniform, two-part costumes, one which is a <laughs> max object and the other which represents our, our true programming allegiances behind us. Well. I'm going to dress yeah, as, as a dress- B-patcher
2: and put other patches inside myself. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. just 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 go on. This is going to descend oh, into
1: me, This yeah. is, This is basically the content next week's show is going to be how to make this work and what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so
0: next week's show's going to
1: be fun, but if you're
0: around the Leicester area and you want to come down, uh, we're going to record the show on the Saturday at some point. Yep. We're going to be there Friday and Saturday. Zuccarelli's going to be there. Other people are going to be there. Well, we spoke about it. We had the, the team
1: organizing it on a few weeks ago. And the link is on uk. Yeah,
0: so you should definitely be there. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to be there, so I think everybody else should be there if they want to be there. So if you don't want to be there, you don't have to be there, though, I guess.
1: That's the end of the news section, <laughs> That
0: means we've just got plunder to go. Our Arr. Arr, plunder,
1: our,
2: Arr.
1: our. <laughs> so we have just one item of plunder this week, which is a history of MADDY.
0: Yeah, but it, that's actually me being a little bit, um, a little bit generous. To the article—it's it, actually a really good article. The article is actually about the fact that Maddie still is still carrying on and hasn't been superseded, even though it's, even though it was designed for a very particular task a very long time ago, and it carries on. Um, so I kind of rena- I thought I'd rename our link and just say it was a history of MADI because the opening part of this article is actually a history of MADI, and it talks about how you know, they selected coax because it was in all the video production suites already, mm-hmm. and it kind of talks about the various iterations that were made of it. Um, I'd completely forgotten that MADI is actually made by um, the Audio Engineering Society, AES. So it's actually one of their formal specifications. Okay. And so it's done like that, which is kind of cool, like the Boo stuff, so... I thought it was interesting. It talks about how they changed it, and it talked about the fact that um, I d- I didn't realize that Maddie is still, e- even if you see a kind of dual connection MADI stuff where it is going both ways, it's on one cable. It's actually still the actual physical hardware decoding is one directional stuff. So you actually have to... It yeah, it's always separated out. Which is kind of interesting. Which is part of its resilience, and it always works sort of stuff. Mm. They um, an interesting comparison they made as well. They just said that from. In comparison to like the more kind of, you know, more recent network technologies, and the big issue with MADI is that it's still very simple to work with because it is one directional. Well, it, it's one directional, and it's also very kind of one client to one client kind of feel. You just get the cable and plug it from one thing to the other thing. Whereas the more kind of recent network technologies are looking at being able to go from one place to lots of places all at once. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that was a nice kind of comparison as to where MADI is the good technology for a task. And where another technology might be more interesting, because you know, I think I get the feeling that the Ethernet audio stuff is really is really starting to lift. Just is really taking off because of the fact that the actual fabric is all in place now. Everywhere you go, you get Ethernet's and Ethernet, and gigabits. So it's it's all there, physically cabled and ready to use, isn't it? So the days of turning up places and there being coax sticking out of the wall are pretty limited now, really. But as a technology, it's still there, and you mm. it's interesting what they, can, what they can do with it. So that was my plunder item. I'm sorry, it wasn't very entertaining <laughs> plunder. It was a very factual plunder. But, you know, I thought it was an interesting item. And it was outside our news, and it was outside our news deadline. Okay. That, so, <laughs> so it couldn't be a news item, so it had to be a plunder item. There you go. Cool. Awesome.
1: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so we come to the end of another audio podcast. That's awesome. it. Ta-da. Ta-da. We had a few problems with our um, Google Hangout today. I think people we have had one person has showed up. We had a few messages come through that said I can't get into the Hangout. Um We don't know why that is, but we look into it and get it sorted for next week. Or yeah. Not.
0: Well, maybe. Maybe we're, we're, we're
1: keep trying to It's it. going to be mostly pre recorded next week. How are we going to do that? Are we going to push it out live? Yeah. Or? So
0: ne- next week we're going to record the show at the M4U convention. Yep. And it's just going to go into the podcast stream there's going to be no live stream next week we're having Monday off because we haven't had a last Monday off (laughs) Uh. (laughs) having having (laughs) only been here once we're here yeah so there isn't going to be a live stream next week basically that's all there's going to be there's going to be a live stream
1: yeah okay
0: there you go it'll just be up in the podcast but a week later we'll be there and hopefully we'll be able to work out how to do all the Google Plus get the Google Plus stuff a little bit more we'll work out what went wrong and then find out from the Google guys how to fix it which is cool Cool. Okay then, well, I was uh, well, we should say goodbye to the recording. Goodbye, recording.
1: Goodbye, recording. Goodbye, recording.
0: recording. Um, I was uh, Scott Shirt.
1: I'm Samuel Freeman. I'm Scott McLaughlin. Goodbye, recording.